passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode, episode 156 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. This is a packed time in sports, people. Packed time in sports. NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, NFL futures are out. We've got UFC fights, Major League Baseball, a lot of stuff. And if you're looking to place wagers online, Bet Online is your number one spot to do so. It is continued to be your source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting, your favorite casino games, and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device and join using promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's a 50% welcome bonus if you go to BetOnline, promo code BLEAV. Bet online where the game starts with that said episode 156 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. Episode 156 for the love of the game coming on a Tuesday evening, Tuesday late afternoon, I should say. What is happening, everybody? A little bit of a rundown before we get into tonight's guests. We got two guests tonight. We're talking a little New York Mets, checking in with a uh, recurring guest, and we're going to talk a little NBA playoffs to come. But a couple of things need to be discussed. First, the disaster that is the New York Rangers. Right now, they are down 3-1 in the series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have given up seven goals in each of the last two games. It's just a mess. Defensively, it's an absolute mess. They take too many penalties. And Igor Shosturkin, who is a Vezina Trophy finalist, apparently he's the Vezina Trophy frontrunner in terms of winning the award for best goalie this year. Well, he needed to be the best player in the series, and kind of stand on his head, and he has not done so. He has not done so by a long shot. 
especially in the last two games. I mean, he was absolutely dreadful in the first period in game three, which set the tone. I know they came back to tie it at 4-4, but you kind of knew that they were completely gassed and that they weren't going to win that game. And then in game four, he was much better. I mean, just just a mess. He's been an absolute mess the last two nights, and he needed to be the best player in the series for them to win. It's a young team. This Pittsburgh team is a veteran-laden team. They kind of know that it is their last run together, considering the contract situation of a lot of their biggest guys, especially uh, Malkin and Latang. But it's a mess. The Rangers are in a heap of trouble. And we'll see what happens in Game 5. But, man, it has been absolutely brutal to watch. And way too many penalties. Way, way, way too many penalties. I mean, they they just got to clean it up. Clean it the hell up, and maybe you have a chance. On to baseball, though. A lot different vibe in New York. Both baseball teams right now are in first place. Now, again, I'm a little bit skeptical of the Yankees, and right now at the time of recording, they are down to the Toronto Blue Jays, 3-0, which is not great, but... You know, it not a bad spot to be in if you're a New York baseball fan right now. Not a bad spot to be in. One quick thing on the Giants. So the Giants this week cut James Bradbury. Cornerback James Bradbury, who's made a Pro Bowl with them, is a good player. And the only reason he was cut is because the contract for Kenny Galladay had so much dead cap money on it, and it was such a disaster that they couldn't cut him. And because every GM in the National Football League knew that the Giants were in such dire straits that no one would trade for James Bradbury, who is a way above average starting cornerback in the National Football League. They had to cut him in order to pay the rookie class. Now, I know this Giants season was not going to be good, and it's going to take a while to undo all the things that Dave Gettleman has done. But my goodness, this is like rock bottom. Absolutely rock bottom. To cut a player of his magnitude for the sheer ability to pay your rookies is a disaster. I I knew it was a disaster, but the fact that it was so bad and they couldn't get anything for him in a trade is just laughable. I mean, Dave Gettleman was the worst general manager in the history of New York sports. It's a long, long time. New York sports, across all sports, has been around a long time. They've been playing sports in this city a long time. And Gettleman is the worst. All right. A couple of quick thoughts from the NBA playoffs. One quick thought per each series. So that's four quick thoughts. And then a general NBA thought because we are going to get into the NBA playoffs in greater detail with a guest later. So quickly, Boston-Milwaukee. Al Horford, I mean, turn back the clock and then some. Unbelievable stuff from him in game four. A career playoff high scoring, just awesome. I mean, that was a shocking result. An absolute shocking result. A 43-point fourth quarter for the Boston Celtics. It looked like Milwaukee was cruising. Giannis was dominating. I still think the Bucs are going to win this series in six. But, man, Al Horford, have yourself a moment. Suns Mavericks. Man, when it's bad with Chris Paul, it is really, really bad. Like, really, really bad. There's no in-between with him almost. It's like, 
He's either really, really awesome, and he's been really, really awesome a lot in these playoffs. But these last two games were absolutely atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. The swings with him, it's just wild. It's absolutely wild. So game five tonight is going to be a referendum game. This series is going to be a referendum series on Chris Paul and the legacy that he carves out uh, for his career because we've seen some incredible, incredible stuff from him in the playoffs, but we've seen some absolute clunkers. I still think the Suns win this series, but the fact that it's this close, that it's tied 2-2, is a little surprising to me. Sixers heat. Embiid's presence alone has made this a series. He hasn't put up the big numbers yet. I mean, he's dealing with the mask, the orbital fracture, the concussion, like the thumb injury. He's dealing with a lot. But his presence on offense and on defense just makes it easier for everybody, regardless of the numbers. Regardless of the numbers, it makes life easier on everybody. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I think this is going to go seven. I think Miami's going to win the series. But it... He's just, he's a joy to watch. And defensively, he's hes underrated as a defender. And he's made all defense a couple of times. But he's even underrated the way he can switch out on guards. Joel Embiid is awesome. I wish he was really healthy throughout this whole thing. It would have been a, a completely different scenario. But the fact that he's back, he's been the catalyst for them winning the last two games and tying this series up. Like, I, I, I love Joel Embiid so much, which is why it's painful to me that he has to be saddled with James Harden. But again, we'll get into that later. And last series, Golden State-Memphis. The Clay Thompson experience has been Jekyll and Hyde. It's been absolutely Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, game four was a mess, an absolute mess. It was a mess from everybody. It was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen, but Clay Thompson especially. And I know he's still trying to work his way back. It's going to take time. But the shot selection is just really puzzling. It's just really, really puzzling. So we're going to see how that plays out. And one last thing on the NBA playoffs. The collective bitching about the refereeing in every game. Every game, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Is the officiating up and down? Yes. But the collective bitching from the players and the coaches is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It's enough already. One of the many reasons why I love Giannis Antetokounmpo as a player, one of the many reasons, is that when he plays, he just plays, all right? And he's damn near impossible to officiate because he's either getting fouled on every play, it seems like, or you could say that he's committing a charge almost every play. But when the officials make a call, even when it doesn't go his way, he accepts the outcome and he plays, unlike Chris Paul, who is notorious for trying to game the system, a la James Harden. But he bitches on every call, every single call. Luka Doncic too. And you saw it in game four with Chris Paul doing aggro Chris Paul shit with the trying to bait the referees and the complaining, and it backfired because he fouled down. He only scored five points. It was an absolute disaster. So maybe it's time to play a little bit more basketball and actually play basketball, Chris, and stop bitching to the referees. Just in general, I've had enough of the bitching. Just 
play the games. With that said, let's get into our guests. We're first going to talk about the Mets and then talk about the NBA playoffs in greater detail in just a matter of moments. This episode of the For the Love of the Game show on the Bleep podcast is brought to you by AutoApprove. AutoApprove is an online service that makes vehicle refinancing easier and faster. AutoApprove connects vehicle owners with a network of top credit unions, banks, and finance companies to find the best available interest rates. That helps you handle the paperwork, simplifying the vehicle refinancing process from the beginning to end and putting money back in your wallet. Take your tag light to the next level with more money in your pocket. Not only will you save thousands on your auto loan with working with AutoApprove, but for all listeners that refinance through AutoApprove, they will send you $100 cash to your mailbox. That's right. They'll not only help you lower your monthly payment, but if you use AutoApprove promo code slash believe, they'll send you $100 back cash back. To find out how much you can save and claim your $100 cash back again, go to AutoApprove.com slash believe. AutoApprove. Save money on your car loan. So I'm on a nice little stretch here in terms of running into recurring guests at events. Granted, it was the same event as I referenced last week, but I haven't spoken about the Mets at all. I've spoken about the Yankees. The Mets are currently 20 and 10, first place in the NL East. And there's a certain Mets fan in my life who goes by the name on Instagram, Sad Mets Dad. You've heard him on the show before. Got to see him at the wedding last week. Mr. Cove Rosenberg. Cove, 20 and 10. What's there to be sad about? Nothing. There's there's never anything to be sad about before, I'd say, like July. You know, I always ride the high. Now the high is, you know, like last year. I ride the high and we'll just see what happens. But I'm 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 optimistic. You know, I think uh, the energy of this team is is different. And so I have, a, you know, a sad Mets optimism, but I'm, but I'm happy about it. You can't compare this season, though, in terms of not till July, till seasons in the past. You just can't, right? Like, the vibe is completely different. You have a new owner. You have a, a competent manager. Like, you got the one of the best pitchers in baseball, one of the three to five best pitchers in baseball in the offseason. Your offseason moves have worked out in terms of Marte, Canna. Like, it's got to feel different. Yeah, it's not just one of the best pitchers in baseball, but one of the best baseball guys in baseball, right? I mean, you see him in the dugout chirping at the umps. He's just bringing bringing a level of, of energy that, that they, they, right, you're absolutely correct, that they just haven't had in the past. You know, you had, you may have had Thor who was happy-go-lucky, but again, that was happy-go-lucky. That wasn't like this, this leadership style that, that Scherzer's bringing. And so that's something that, that we haven't had for a while. So let's talk about the manager for a second, Buck Showalter. All right. I know baseball has embraced the analytics movement so much so to the point where it's kind of like they're treating baseball as blackjack, like counting cards. And, you know, we, we've seen it be, you know, smarten up baseball a little bit, but it's also kind of been the downfall of baseball in a sense where if you mm-hmm. go too far into that and lean too far into it, a la the New York Yankees the last couple of years, 
it, it just doesn't produce winning baseball, especially in October. So the Mets go out and hire an old school guy in Buck Showalter, all right, who's basically not that at all. And you, you're seeing that it's paying dividends. How much have you enjoyed the Buck Showalter experience? Because I know I speak for Yankee fans like myself. We were all wanting Buck Showalter to be our manager. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have someone that you look at that, again, that energy is, is great that we haven't had in the past, but also like to have someone that you that actually feels like he knows what he's doing, not just on the baseball field, but in the dugout as well. And I feel the last couple managers, you know, Terry Collins was a great guy. But again, he didn't have that that edge that you see with Buck has. You know, he was, you know, Buck, he can smile, but he can also get thrown out of a game if he needs to. And he, he just feels like he's pushing the right buttons at the right time. And now that we have an owner that actually understands that maybe he's not the smartest guy in the room when it comes to baseball. And maybe Buck actually knows something that these, you know, analytical guys don't. So it's, it's very reassuring for it's, sure. It's got to be nice. Uh, again, I wasn't alive for this, but it definitely has a vibe. And, and you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself as a Mets fan because, you know, the Mets have mm-hmm. uh, a history of uh, Metsing themselves. But it, it has a vibe of like what Davey Johnson gave those 80s Mets teams. Like there was there was a swagger, there was an edge, and yeah, Buck Showalter mm-hmm. has the uh, has the reputation of getting you close to the hump and not getting you over it. Uh, but it, it, it's definitely like you can tell when he was on TV. Like he's just a smart right. dude when it comes to baseball, right? And sometimes you just have to go by gut and go by you know experience that you've been in this business for a long time. In terms of Buck, like. Does it make you a little bit nervous about like the always the bridesmaid and not never the bride kind of thing with him? Or do you not even care right now because there's, you know, competency and there are results being seen and you'll just deal with that if and when the time comes? Exactly. I mean, you're never the bride until you're the bride. Right. But eventually you're around long enough. You would hope that that stuff will, you know. We'll, we'll feed off him and he'll eventually figure it out. And there's been a lot of bad luck. There's been maybe some bad decisions. But again, when you see him in a room and you see him in the dugout, there's there's really nothing that has shown that he doesn't know what he's talking about. There's been a couple of bullpen questions, but again, he's dealing with doubleheader after doubleheader with still some guys injured with, you know, I think there's been very few mistakes. And yeah, of course, he hasn't done it yet, but that I, I don't think you know that the, the past doesn't predict the future in my opinion it it's refreshing to see i'm sure as a mets fan somebody who who has a pulse in the locker room seems to you know get the best out of his players mm-hmm. doesn't you know isn't necessarily having to be buddy buddy with all of them but but has a good rapport with them but also holds them accountable exactly and that's where having guys like Scherzer and Marte and other like, you know, vets in, in, in the, in the dugout where he doesn't have to be their best friends. He can be more of that, you know, I don't want to say father figure, but right. More of that adult in the room that can kind of let the other guys handle that business. And that's great. So talk to me about Scherzer a little bit. Are we getting to the point that Scherzer's had such an impact on this team and this organization that your next son Maybe named Max 
after Max Scherzer? You know, I have a son named Max. So that, that takes care of that. I have twins named Max and Noah. So Noah leaves and Max jumps in. I mean, well, I, I talk about talk about perfect timing. Well, I completely forgot about that. So I guess so. You know what? You, you were predicting the future. That's it. That's it. So it's, it's it actually is very apropos. It was to say, you know, Noah. It's, got it's already there. Yeah, this is great. That's it. This, this is, is it. So it's. Uh, it's so, yeah, tell me about nicely. Scherzer a little bit and, and what it's been like to to actually like watch him. I know he's coming off a loss against the Phillies. All right. Well, you know, not a big deal, but he's four and one on the year. Uh, and just the intensity in which he pitches. Like, yeah. What has been like that as a fan? Obviously, you rooted against him with the Nationals. So it just it's got to be, you know, incredibly gratifying to watch this guy every fifth day. Absolutely. And that game, again, was two days extra rest, 50 degree, you know, cold and kind of, you know, that's I, 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 I that's fine. You know, that doesn't mean anything. He's still what, right, four and one. And yeah, exactly. You see that intensity on the field. I mean, the wins are great. But again, what you're seeing in the dugout, if you see him chirping around, you see him with the smiling. I mean, it's just that whatever he brings, not just every fifth day, but every day is so important. I think that we just haven't had. Because, again, you can have someone that's happy. You can have, you know, pitchers or other players in the dugout that are having a good time. But if they're not, one, if they're not winning on the field like he does, you know, you can't lead from behind. But, two, if you're not teaching the guys, you know, look at Bassett, right? Look at – look, he's been pitching great. Look at look at McGill. Look at all these guys where you can't tell me that, that Scherzer hasn't had an impact on these guys. What's the timetable for DeGrom? What's the latest? You know, I saw I saw a tweet this morning from, I don't know, some random Mets guy where it was like, can we get a DeGrom update? And, you know, to me, it's it's I don't even you know, we need him. Of course, not going to say we don't need one, if not the best pitcher in baseball. There's an argument to be said he can't be the best if he's not on the field. But that's a separate argument. But I mean, when he does come back. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I'm I'm a little nerve wracking. Um walker which actually we were at that i took my daughter to that um to that ninth inning comeback uh she refuses to ever leave a game early so that was again he hasn't pitched in a while we still have a very nice pitching staff but we need him back so i mean i'd love to get an update in the next week or two if i don't then i'm going to start getting a little nervous as to you know the timeline now is keep getting pushed off and pushed off but for now until it feels like we need him which again we always do I'm kind of just, I'm trying not to get too worried just yet, but I will eventually. I'll say this about the Mets though. Like, I feel like in years past, the Mets would have flubbed this in terms of like the PR about this. They would have Mm -hmm. given like some nebulous timetable to the media. And then that just like completely off and just, they would have screwed this up in terms of handling the media relations. But this season seems just very different. Right. So besides, and that's what, yeah. yeah. It's got to be, it's got to be like a breath of fresh air. Like how, how do you even handle yourself as, as a Mets fan? Right. You're, you're so not used to this. No, it's not. And I was reading an article, I think it was wall street journal today about how, you know, Steve Cohen has basically brought everyone from 0.72 over the head of HR is now the head HR of the Mets. The head of analytics is now the head of analytics of the Mets. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, he's, and he's spending that out of his own pocket, apparently. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but there, it's, it's a whole different ballgame, right? Again, whatever you think of analytics, you can't have 
you can't base anything off analytics with a five person staff. Now it's like 20 people, right? The investment and, and right. Just the, it just seems like there's a maturity that wasn't there. Right. Oh, wolf puns are nervous. We're going to tell you one thing. And then it's obviously not true, but we're too nervous. So we're going to tell you something here. Right. We don't know with the Grom. They don't want to rush it. And so they're not going to, they're not going to tell you something that's not true. And if we were, if we were 15 and 15 or 10 and 20, maybe, you know, maybe people are a little more nervous, but we're not because they're making the right choices. So they're doing everything what that they need to do. Who's been your favorite offseason signing besides Scherzer? Um, well, Marte gave my daughter a ball at the Phillies game. So, uh, so aside from aside from okay, that, okay. So, all right, I that, think, that's I think Marte that's might tough be the to pass in the power ranking. And and he and on top of that, I mean, he's again. You have now you have someone that's that. You know, I'm not sure if his numbers are amazing, but he single handedly basically won that game for them the other day. But you have someone with speed getting thrown out a little. But I, I think just having having some having someone like that that you can you know. There's so many guys now that you can build an order around, right? Kana's doing great. You know, his average is great. I mean, there, but I, I think Marte has brought something, um, again, that positive energy. I, I really believe that that, that really, that means something to a team. If there was a, a small turd in the punch bowl, it's year two of the Lindor situation and another slow start. Are you nervous well, a quick about start Lindor? followed by a slow? He had a quick start and now it's really slowed down. But yeah. Right. Okay. So are, are you nervous about Lindor? What's Again, the nervous level? I should say out of one to 10, because that's a long, right. expensive contract. It is. But again, he does so many other things. Well, that I'm still, I'm, I'm still at a four where it's, it's, he, it's not that he doesn't look off. He just doesn't look like he's put it all together, right? There's a difference when you, you've had like guys like Jason Bay or other guys come over and they just seem like everything just falls apart the second they get here. It just seems like he hasn't, right? He's not playing awful. He's clearly not playing up to that contract. Um, but there's not, you know, he's doing everything else that he can. And so I'm still, again, he's still young enough and there's still enough time that I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not too nervous just yet. So what's the sadness level right now? What's the sadness level? The Mets are good in first place. The Jets look like they're confident. Where's the sa the sadness coming from? Because it's got there's got to be some underlying sadness. Because there always well, is. I, I mean, I do love our Knicks. So I mean, I, I think I've just put that out of my mind. But I guess if I have to pick a team that's going to just continually depress us, I mean that that's where it is. Yeah. Yeah, this was not a good year for the Knicks. No, no, we, not, did, we didn't hit that year. over. We did not hit that over, tell you that. No, much. no, we did not hit that <laughs> over. And you reached out to me about Spike Lee. Oh, yes. Uh, that That's just an, a spike in the coffin right there. I oh. told my brother-in-law, I said, he's a big Nets fan. You can have him. You know, there, there's there's a difference between, like, you see guys, like, I'm trying to think, the actor from who's a big Cubs fan, but now he's always room for the White Sox or vice versa. Oh, what's his name? Uh, like John, Cusack. John Cusack. Yeah. John Who Cusack. got into a, a, a fight with right, uh, like Barstool's uh, yeah, yeah. White Sox so, game so, about it. Just ridiculous. So, right. So listen, he's a fan, but he's not He's not the face, right? Like what's what's um, 
Bill Murray, right? He's a Cubs fan. You see him at White Sox games? I haven't seen him. I think that would be more of a slap in the face, right? He's actually just a Chicago guy who's supporting the, the you know, you, you want something like that. But when you have someone that's, you know, you get, you get Jerry Seinfeld to start rooting for the Yankees. I mean, how does something like, there's one thing to support your city and there's another to, to be a fan of the no, team I've and just, to be, you know, it's, I've disowned Spike Lee for collective uh, Knicks Twitter, for collective Knicks fans. Get him out yeah. of here. I, get his get his season tickets revoked. I'm I'm done yeah. with Spike. I would I would have been okay if he just said, "Listen, the owner's a clown, and so I'm moving to the next." You know what? I, I wouldn't agree with it, but at least you're just you know you have some conviction there. But to say, "Yeah, then the Knicks are bad," so now I'm going to support the Nets and be a total Nets fanboy. It, it doesn't rub right. It doesn't. So well one that. last one last thing before I let you go about the Nets. Uh, you are making a move to South Florida, assuming that they're going to be uh, Mets playoff games. Are we going to be going back and forth? Let's let's let's, let's get cross there that first. bridge when we get there. Let's get there first. I respect <laughs> that'll be. Let's have a good problem to have, and then we'll. Uh, I guess I guess the Marlins aren't making the playoffs. So. <laughs> Maybe Tampa Bay, though. I don't know. You know, Tampa. No. Nah. Nah. So, no, not, we're yeah, not talking about Tampa. We're not talking about, you know, the Marlins. The Marlins are bad. I'm saying we can get some playoff games if we have, you know, but no, but nobody down there is hosting any playoff games for us or World Series. So no, we'll, uh, so. that'll be a good problem to encounter, I suppose. So what, what should, what should, you know, Mets fans expect the rest of the way, right? Obviously the Mets, you know, and, and baseball is a long-ass season, so it's not like you can really, like, predict anything. Like, if you're looking for one thing besides for the return of DeGrom uh, to be super excited and Scherzer going crazy, what's the next thing to be super excited about for the Mets fans going forward? That the team has a backstop that's not going to let them fail, right? Steve Cohn's not – he is in it to win it, and he's got a checkbook to back that up. So as, as bad as things can ever get, I don't think he's ever going to let it get that bad. And midseason moves would be had to win no matter what. Agreed. Agreed. It's got to be nice to have an owner like George Steinbrenner again, who's maybe not as crazy, but it's got to be nice. I'm I'm sure – yeah, I I don't know what that's like anymore considering the ownership group uh, that owns my favorite baseball team doesn't really want to own the team anymore and it should sell. But anyway – that's a different discussion for a different day for a team that's also in first place, even though I'm, I think it's a little fugazi, but whatever. Cove, it was Vegas. good seeing you last week. Sorry I forgot about uh, your son, Max. I got, I, got, can I, know, I got a lot of kids, so, you know, it's, it's all right. <laughs> I, I, thanks for giving me a pass, and uh, I'm excited for this Mets season, and we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes, and uh, hopefully all goes well with the uh, impending move, and I'll see you around awesome. a little more. I'll speak to Sounds you Sounds good, brother. It's Later. Uh, but thanks again to my buddy Cove Rosenberg, a.k.a. Sad Mets Dad, for coming on to talk about the Mets on this week's show. He's not so sad right now. His sad meter's at like a one, which is really incredible. So good for the Mets. Let's see how that progresses. We're supposed to have a second guest on to talk about the NBA playoffs in greater detail. Some technical difficulties. We'll have to have him on on a later show. But it is late nights in Casa de ATH right now. 
So just a little update on what happened tonight since we recorded the first part of this podcast. Game 5, Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers. The Heat win big, 120-85, just an absolute shellacking. It really helps when you make threes. Gabe Vincent made a couple of threes. Max Struess made four threes. The role players played a lot better tonight for the Heat. And that's what generally happens. Role players play better at home. We've seen this time and time again in playoff series. But what I loved about tonight was after game four, I had a lot of people in my mentions, a lot of people messaging me about James Harden. James Harden's back. Prime Harden is back. Prime regular season Harden is back. He had a big game. It was the first time he scored over 30 points for the Philadelphia 76ers in like a couple of months. Had a big game. Big, big game. You know, tied the series 2-2. It's not insignificant. But what happens in game five? Prime Harden is back, right? Five of 13. 14 points. A minus 29 on the plus minus. Now again, it is not the Harden was not the reason why the Heat demolished the Sixers tonight. He's not. Like Tyrese Maxey didn't have a good game. They shot terribly from the field, under 40% from the field, under 30% from three. But James Harden, that was supposedly back. I, I guess he wasn't all the way back. Or I should say, this is back to being playoff James Harden. Again, I never said that he's incapable of having a big game here or there. He's definitely capable, but he's just not going to sustain it. And that's why the Philadelphia 76ers are not going anywhere, ultimately, with James Harden on the team. But I was told that he was back, that 2018 regular season Harden was back. But I, I guess, as I like to say, I told you so. And right now at the time of the recording, the Phoenix Suns are putting it on the Dallas Mavericks in Game 5. I guess this series is going to kind of be like the Miami Heat. 76ers series where each team just wins on their home court and it's going seven. That's what it looks like. Chris Paul didn't have a big game tonight, but he was available and he played well and he was getting other guys involved. So that's episode 156 for the love of the game. Oh, and when I mentioned that the Yankees were down 3-0 and they were getting no hit by the Toronto Blue Jays tonight, well, they came back to win a 1-6-5 Aaron Judge with a walk-off three-run home run to win in the ninth inning. So that was awesome. But yeah, episode 156. For the love of the game, take us out, KRS. Yes, y'all, you don't stop. KRS one, rock on. Yes, yes, y'all, you don't stop. KRS one, rock on.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.